Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Presumably, there are only so many snowmobiles or off-road vehicles one person can buy. But that hasn't stopped power sports vehicle maker BRP from growing aggressively over the past few years. BRP was spun off from Bombardier in 2003 to sell recreational products. Now, BRP's stock market value is even higher than its former parent companies. I'm Emily Jackson, and you're listening to Down to Business. Today, we're joined by BRP Chief Executive Jose Boisjoli. The longtime CEO discussed BRP's great year in 2019, where he plans to take the strategy from there, what happens if a recession hits, and why the company is paying attention to electric vehicles. He joined me by phone from Quebec. Jose, thank you so much for joining us today. I wanted to start by talking about 2019. It was a great year for BRP. Your retail sales were up 24% in the third quarter compared to single digits for the rest of the power sports market. Where do you go from here after a successful year like that? Uh, first, we were very happy about uh, our 2019 years. In 2019, uh, we continued to reap the benefit of the strategy that we put together a few years ago. Today, BRP uh, benefits of uh, eight different product lines, and we have a product for every season. For dealers, we have a very, very good value proposition. And because of that product portfolio, that business proposal, we've been able to attract the best dealer around the world. And today, we have 4,500 dealers in 127 countries. And we have a diversified manufacturing footprint. And with that value proposition, uh, we've been able to grow significantly over the last few years. And I would say 2020 for us uh, will be a continuity. The the plan is to continue that momentum over uh, the next year. Now, when you became a private company, when BRP became its own company in 2003, you had much fewer products since then. You've obviously invested in expanding that product line. Why has that been important? Why has that innovation been important? But at the time, it's always, our, obviously, we're selling our product to the end consumer, to the user, but you need a dealer to uh, service the product. And at the time, we were a two-product company, Sidu uh, and Skidu. And for a dealer in the South, we were a one-product company. Then the strategy was, let's try to uh, have a product for every season, have a very competitive uh, product portfolio. And if we are able to do that, we'll be able to attract the best dealer in the world. And basically, uh, 15 years later, we grew from two product line to eight. Uh, We were selling at the time mainly in North America and in Europe. Today, we're selling in 127 countries. And we were able to diversify our manufacturing footprint. This this was the strategy. We executed the strategy. And today, uh, we're ripping the benefit of the strategy. A dealer is a small entrepreneur that uh, want to be successful and for a dealer to be associated to a competitive OEM 
is very important, and that's how we sell our value proposition to the dealers. So you've got to keep attracting those dealers. I know another big sort of new market for you is the side-by-side vehicle market. Now, I'm wondering if you can explain that for people who might not be as versed in power sports and and why you have decided to you know invest in a new product line here. Yeah, side by side, it's an industry that uh, have grown a lot in the last few years, and it started in the early eighties with three wheel ETV. We evolved to four wheel ETV, and the four wheel ETV is still there, but the industry is evolving to side by side vehicles that go off road. Then it's somewhat an industry that through innovation, have evolved from three-wheel to four-wheel to sitting side-by-side on a four-wheel vehicle. And this is an industry that the the customer uh, has many usage. Some use it, obviously, on the farm for working around the farm. Others are using it for hunting, fishing, uh, just playing around uh, touring the country uh, everywhere in the world. Then there is many, many, many usage for this product, those products. And a customer uh, like it. That's why the industry last year reached about 350,000 units worldwide. And in the side-by-side industry, we are a small player. We started from nothing in 2010. And today, we have about 15% of the worldwide market. And our goal is to double our market share over the next uh, five years. This is our goal. With the product lineup that we have, with the innovation, the technology that we're pushing, we believe this goal uh, is achievable. It's interesting when you think about these vehicles because they are used not only for leisure, but for farm work, for hunting, what have you. I'm wondering when it comes to the traditional power sports business. I mean, presumably there's only so many snowmobiles one person can buy. So I'm wondering, how do you keep growing in a business like this that does rely on that disposable income? You know, is it about new products? What's the strategy there? Obviously, we always try to push innovation and technology. But the other thing that uh, we're promoting a lot is the experience. People uh, are evolving, and today we're selling a lot more these experience that you're having with the product than the product itself. And like I say many times, I made my best friend in life riding our product, riding our snowmobile, our three-wheel vehicle, our watercraft because it's a social activity. You have a a day of writing the product, you're focusing on what you do, and at the end of the day, you have a good dinner talking about what happened during the day. It's an incredible uh, experience. And that's what OEM like us are trying to do more and more, is to sell the experience, the consumer. The product is the, you need the product to live the experience, but that's what the industry is evolving uh, over the years. And that's why when we look, uh, for sure, our products are discretionary, but I think a lot of people are looking to forget about the day-to-day work or the, 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 the week or, or their challenge that they have in their personal life. And they're looking for a way to think, to forget about all this. Very often I say, we're selling our sport therapy. Uh, if you use our product for a day, uh, it's very relaxing uh, and it's fun. Then that's part also of the equation, and that's why we believe we can continue to grow in in the industry. Power sports therapy, I like that. Some economists have expressed some, well, some mixed forecasts for 2020. Some people are afraid of a recession. Other people are saying, okay, wait and see on that. How recession-proof is BRP, given that this is a leisure 
product market, a, a luxury product market. Yeah, I've been in this business 30 years, uh, and I saw many, many uh, up and down cycle. If we extract the recession that we've been through in 08 09, that was, I think, one of the worst in the history of the, the world. Uh, I saw many recession where you would have a slowdown that will last six months, 12 months, but the industry always bounces back. Then sometimes it takes, again, six months, 12 months, 18 months, but the industry always bounces back. And that's why we like to fix objective, and our next objective is somewhat to double our sales over the next five years. And uh, if there will be a slowdown in the main market like Western Europe or North America, we might be delayed by 12 months, 18 months, but the end goal remains the same. So end goal still to double those sales. You spoke earlier about how your manufacturing footprint has expanded over the past 15 years. I know that you now make products in Canada, the U.S., Mexico, along with a, a few factories in Europe, one in Australia. How has your company been affected or how will it be affected by the new NAFTA deal? A lot of companies are pleased that it's just it seems to be done in the first place. I'm very happy that it's done, uh, and uh, it should be signed in the first quarter of 2020. We uh, Obviously, the, the NAFTA agreement was there for many years, and all the company, like the car company or us, have somewhat optimized the regulation, trying to meet the requirement for Canada, United States, and Mexico to be able to ship product between the three countries and also ship in some country in Europe uh, without tax. But it was a, a, a difficult period because we didn't know the end result. We stayed very close to the Canadian, United States, and Mexican negotiator during the 2019 year. But at the end, the result has minimum impact for our company. There was a few tweaks here and there for some product line, but it's something that is very manageable and no change for us going forward. And I truly believe that North American company need a strong uh, NAFTA, and now the, the name is USMCA, uh, agreement between the three countries to remain competitive against the European who are close to uh, Eastern Europe and also the Asian company that have access to lower cost country in Asia to remain competitive on the worldwide market. Right, so that trade agreement helps there. I want to shift gears a bit and talk about electrification. Last year, BRP announced that it has started researching electric snowmobiles, electrification of your entire product line. You released some prototypes. What do you see as the potential there, and why did BRP decide to get into electrification? Yeah, first, our industry are quite small compared to the car company, and typically the technology is developed by car company and company like us apply the technology uh, in our product line. I give you the example of EFI electronic system on engine for car was developed and after that we apply it to our product line with a, a lag of five to ten years. That's the typical cycle. Then there is no doubt that uh, electric cars are getting more and more popular and this will uh, arrive in our product line sooner than later. Now, the difficulty in our product category is our products are quite small and it's difficult to put a lot of battery to have enough energy 
to have a decent range. And most of our products are used off-road where it's difficult to recharge if you are in the middle of the, the wood or uh, on the lake. Then this is a challenge that we're facing. That being said, we have prototype of uh, almost every product that we manufacture in, in electric version. And the idea to announce to uh, the world that those six concept vehicles that we demonstrated last September was to say to the world, to say to our dealers, to our consumers, to the investor, and also to our employee that we're working on it. And when the demand will be there, when the technology will be there, we will be ready to be able to uh, meet the demand. Then that was basically the messages that uh, we wanted to convey by showing those concept vehicles. How long do you think it could take to to get there? I know the technology is an issue. I, I mean, you obviously don't want to run out of batteries when you're on a frozen lake in the middle of <laughs> in the middle of a rural area on a snowmobile. How how long do you see it taking before electrification does become a bigger thing in power sports? Yeah, there is there is already some. OEM who manufacture electric vehicle, but the price is, is very high and there is not, the volume is low. Then today we could, we could produce an electric watercraft or an electric spider, but the price would be very high. And it will take some time to make sure that the technology costs go down. Again, to make sure we pack enough energy into our vehicle at a reasonable price to have a good demand. And this is the equation that is difficult to, uh, to answer. This is the difficult part of your question, is how far the cost of technology will go down, how fast it will go down, to be affordable to offer to our consumers a product with a decent range at a decent price. That's one of those things that I think car companies around the world are grappling with. Obviously, your industry grappling with it as well. When it comes to electrification, that's seen as one of these potential solutions to some of the climate change issues that we're facing right now. And there's some some tension with the power sports products because on one hand, you know, you sometimes hear people in the backcountry complaining about pollution from these products, complaining that they're maybe too loud. And then on the other hand, people buy them because they love the sound of the engine. They love to be able to travel to places that are off the beaten track. So there is a bit of that tension there. I'm wondering how you balance that when you're thinking about what products you offer. The people should know that all our industry are regulated. And over the years, we are forced to reduce emission, to reduce the sound level, to make more safety feature on the product to ensure the the safety of our consumers. It's amazing how the industry have evolved over the last 10 years. And if you would take a snowmobile in 2020 compared to a snowmobile in 2010, you would be amazed by the difference. Then this is ongoing. Every year there is more stringent regulation to meet. Us as a company, uh, we're working hard to design the new products that are recyclable. We introduced in 2014 a first entry-level watercraft, uh, the Spark model that is 100% recyclable. Two years ago, we introduced the Riker three-wheel vehicle model that is also 100% recyclable. Then more and more, 
on top of meeting the regulation uh, about uh, the combustion engine and the safety on the vehicle, more and more we're trying as a company to, to have recyclable product. In our factory, uh, we have a goal to reduce uh, water consumption, packaging, uh, and electricity. Then this is the part that we're trying to do well. And I think that people don't know enough uh, about everything we do. Uh, obviously, the ultimate goal will be to produce an electric vehicle that will be 100% recyclable. This will come, but uh, I cannot tell you exactly when it will happen. It's interesting, though. It sounds like you are thinking about climate change. You know, it is presumably it, you're selling products where snow is important, where, where you need to be able to access that outside environment. Absolutely. I mean, for us, access, access to what we call playground water or forest or uh, snow is, is very important. This is uh, a key element in, in our industry. And this is why we're trying to do our job also to work with our competitor to make sure that we inform our competitor, our customer, sorry, uh, how to use the product. Uh, every year in the West, we give a school to consumer to try to be careful about avalanche. And those training class are extremely popular in the Western of the United States and Canada. And for us, uh, making sure that our customer know how to use the product and ride uh, safely uh, is, is uh, very important. And one last question before you, before I let you go. Last year, BRP's market cap surpassed Bombardier's. I'm wondering, you know, what was your reaction to that, given your history as somewhat of an offshoot of Bombardier? What does it mean to have the investors value you this way? Uh, first, uh, we're not in competition, uh, except our competitor in our industry. We're not in competition with other companies. We're trying to focus on our own business. But I was extremely proud. 2019, we ended a decade, and I'm extremely proud of uh, the company that we have built. I mean, we diversified our company in terms of product portfolio, geographic sales, manufacturing footprint. We have created the best dealer value proposition in the industry. We're evolving from a product-centric to experience, uh, which I believe has big potential in the future. We recognize uh, in the industry as the OEM that innovate the most, pushing technology the most uh, into the industry. We became public, listed to TSX in 2013 and NASDAQ in 2018. Then we made a lot of progress in the last 10 years. We have also on top, and I should not forget about that, we have 13,000 plus employees located in 26 countries. And when I look at the last decade that we're closing, uh, I'm extremely proud of uh, what all of us together have accomplished. And I'm exci extremely excited about uh, the decade that we're starting right now because I believe the best is to come. Jose, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. That was Jose Boisjoli, CEO of BRP. Thank you for listening to Down to Business and thank you to the Down to Business team as always. Music and production by Bryce Hall and editing by Yadula Hussain. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and rate us on your podcast app. I'm Emily Jackson and until next week, you can get all your business news at financialpost.com.